Welcome to ChamberCast, the Billings Chamber of Commerce's podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Pennington. Simply doing business has gotten a lot more difficult for both businesses and consumers this year. Worker shortages and supply chain issues are giving everyone headaches. And as it turns out, those two problems exacerbate one another. My guests today are Mike Wilson, owner, president, and CEO of Whitewood Transportation, and Brad Anderson, the owner of Anderson Management Group, but also the president of the Montana Restaurant Association. They're going to talk to us today about these two critical problems that are impacting billings. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm going to throw out some numbers at you and our listeners, so bear with me for a second. As of August, the unemployment rate in the United States was 5.2%. In Montana, it was 3.5%. And in Billings, it was 2.8%. To put that in perspective, the natural rate of unemployment in the U.S. is considered to be between 45 and 5.5%. That's good news in a lot of ways, but it also puts a tremendous strain on our businesses and our supply chains. So my first question today is, can you both briefly just introduce yourselves, what you do, and how your business has been impacted in the last several months by this issue? And we'll start with Brad. Well, again, Brad Anderson, Anderson Management Group. Uh, we do a scope of different operations around the state, but primarily uh, we are a franchisee of Buffalo Wild Wings. We have seven locations across the state. So essentially, think of it as a sports team. We're in all the AA towns uh, without the reason. Yeah. Belgrade just came on board. So we're in seven markets, Billings, Bozeman, Helena, Missoula, Great Falls, Butte, and Kalispell. So with that, allows us to see the state and the interesting dynamics as it goes from market to market as it pertains to shortages. Mm -hmm. And uh, each one is very different. What about you, Mike? Uh, Mike Wilson, Whitewood Transport. I've been with the company for 30 years, and I'm also the state vice president for the American Trucking Association as a board member for the Motor Carriers of Montana. Okay. We are primarily moving heavy equipment and construction material around the United States. And it's been interesting, and to say the least. Mm -hmm. Pretty hard to get tr truck drivers right now. Yep. And difficult to get good in-house staff. You know, we don't have a huge labor pool in Montana. Mm -hmm. We've got just over a million people. So everybody's, you know, trying to get the same best guy. Yeah. It's, it's been challenging, but, you know, we're working through it. You know, it's a day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's probably true for most of our businesses. Yeah. If they're not just, yeah, stealing the best guy from somebody else. Exactly. <laughs> Mike, can you maybe walk our listeners through why so many shelves are empty and how that relates to the worker shortage? Sure. You know, everything is, is around the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we, we are so tired of hearing that word, but really that's what it's all about. And during the pandemic, when our, our lockdowns happened, not just here domestically in the United States, but around the world, it changed consumer behavior. You weren't buying gasoline because you weren't going anywhere. You weren't flying anywhere. You weren't going to a lot of restaurants. Restaurants like Brad's had to figure out how to do takeouts and things like that. And it changed our behavior and we didn't know when we were going to come out of this. And then you had this influx of stimulus money, extended unemployment, things like that. 
So people had all of this money. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do with it? Oh, you're going to build decks. You're going to paint your house. You're going to do all these things because you're home. Or you're going to buy electronics. I was or at Walmart and everyone was in line after they had their stimulus check buying large electronics. Exactly. <laughs> but what we did, we depleted our inventories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're buying everything off the shelves and manufacturing is at a standstill, not just here, but around the world, yep. what happens? We deplete them. So what's left is inflated in mm-hmm. price and then trying to find people to sell your goods or work in your service department. It's really dif- difficult mm-hmm. because um, they have options. The option is not to work. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of spin off on that a little bit. And, and Brad and I both talked about this at, the, at our last meeting. Housing and child care mm-hmm. are huge issues. Yep. Uh, I think we have a local daycare place here in Billings that just announced they have 120 uh, child capacity and they're shutting down because of the pandemic. Yep. Okay. If I'm a parent, especially a single parent, am I going to take this $15 an hour job or am I going to stay home and take care of my kid? Mm -hmm. So, so things are going to have to level out. We're going to have to find a way to help take care of those people Mm -hmm. and those kids or we can't get people back in the labor force. Would you agree to that, Brad? I agree totally. Yeah, it's a very pronounced problem when you speak to the female workers. It's, it's a dynamic that we're facing now that we've never faced before. I'm, I'm sure you've all heard, how do you get cooks? It's, it's a constant drumbeat out there. Mm-hmm. We've actually been able to get past that through some raises. We started with, with retention bonuses to keep employees and hiring bonuses. Mm-hmm. And now we just kind of went to a higher scale of pay. And that kind of leveled it out across the state, much more than what we were facing previously. Now the dynamic is we cannot get people out front. And what I mean out front is cashiers, greeters, and servers. And that's always been a large pool because we're very adaptive with ours. And uh, once you become a server, it's, it's a great living. I mean, you make right. 20 to $30 an hour and, and the hours are very flexible. And we have a massive shortage of servers across the state. And I think it speaks to what Mike's talking about is really the home front, you know, with schools. You know, are they homeschooling because they don't agree with policies at school? So they've kept their kids at home yeah. or some of the schools that are sending them home short term. So it's very disruptive, the child care. And then, of course, housing, which affects everyone yes. specifically to Bozeman and Kalispell. That's really where the shortage is. Yeah. Do you see those same issues impacting other restaurants and other places in Billings as far as, you know, the workers? Not I mean, is it that same thing happening across the board? No, I, I think we moved on from the fact that, you know, people just can't make a living wage. Right. I think the market's reacted to that. And now it's just simply the reality. There's just not enough pigs for all yeah. the holes. And, and so, but you have raised your, the wage that you're paying your, your workers. So is that maybe something that the rest of the industry maybe needs to follow suit? No, because again, you're still competing for that same employee. So now yeah. it goes yeah, beyond true. that. It, it's no longer an issue of ready to pay. Okay, anybody walking down the street knows they can go into a business and make mm-hmm. 15 to 20 bucks an yep. hour. Yep. So now what it's coming down to is, it's, think of it like the housing market. It's a seller's market, right? We hear that. I would tell you we are now in an employee market. So the employee can pick and choose where they want to work. So they're simply going to where they say, I'd like to work there. I, I like the culture there. Got I like it. the social okay. web. And so they're making decisions beyond the rate of pay. Mm-hmm. And so we try to create a cool environment. We try to drive retention. Of course, mm-hmm. it doesn't help to bring three in the front door and have five go out the back door. Yeah. So it's impinging on us to keep our employees. So 
we've really shifted our focus now to retention. Got what it. can we okay. do so we just don't have that constant churn? Mm-hmm. Restaurants run about 70, 80% turnover, mm-hmm. which basically means if you have 80 employees in your restaurant, you're going to be hiring almost that many in a year. So you're hiring six employees a month. Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to stop the churn and slow it down. So those workers are going to pick the best place to work based on benefits, how they're treated, if it's a nice environment, what the culture is, all those things that we should care about anyway. But that's going to be that mitigating factor for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is for for me. <laughs> I it's choose not where just to restaurants. Yeah. I mean, yeah, all, it's all, every industry. I'll tell one quick story. Uh, we went to a wedding down in Mexico, and one of the kids, he's an engineer, petroleum engineer in Prudhoe Bay, makes one hundred and fifty, mm-hmm. hundred seventy five thousand a year. I worked from that environment. That's where I got my start. I was an engineer in Prudhoe Bay, and so I know back when I was there in the late eighties. Everybody wanted to work in the oil field. The money was crazy in Alaska. It hasn't changed much since then. The money is double that now. Mm-hmm. So they're making about 150 and they can't get people in Prudhoe Bay at $150,000 an hour. So the argument of compensation is now more about quality of life. Mm-hmm. Where do I want to be? And they say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a cut and pay because I choose to do X. Yeah. Yep. I see that happening too. It's a huge issue. I mean, people are going to choose... Yeah, that work-life balance, all of those amenities that they can get. I mean, we've, the chamber has hired numerous people. And the number one question that we ask them in an interview, you know, what do you, what questions do you have for us is what's the culture like here? What's exactly. the leadership like here? Not, not what the pay is, but those questions. So I think you hit it right on the nose. During the pandemic, we had a lot of truck drivers in the nation get out. Mm-hmm. There's three and a half million trucks out there. They all need drivers. And because of, you know, different needs, some trucking wasn't needed, some was, and a lot of guys got out and a lot of them and gals didn't get back in. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? And one of them is lifestyle. Is that really the life that you want to live? Mm-hmm. And I think when they got back home, Someone said, you know what, I really kind of like being at home Mm -hmm. and I may not want to get back into this. The other one, though, is um, is how they're treated by the public. Oh, yeah. So we have new electronic logging mandates in every truck. You don't do a paper log. So admittedly, there was some fudging here and there, Mm -hmm. maybe 15 minutes. But now these trucks work by the second. So when you're on the interstate. And there's a truck ahead of you. You're doing 80 miles an hour and the guy in front of you is doing 70. And the guy behind him is doing 71. They don't care that you're behind them. They're going to go around that truck mm-hmm. and it's going to clog up, which is a safety issue. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. But it's a safety issue. So now you're mad because that trucker is passing the other truck at one mile an hour. <laughs> yep. But the reality is he's working by the second. Mm-hmm. So. It's a problem that, uh, that also puts him in a situation with his limited driving time availability that he has to park his truck. So now you're seeing trucks parked on on-ramps and off-ramps and, and all, all of the rest areas are clogged with trucks because that's what they have to do. Mm-hmm. And it makes people angry. And so they're giving hand signals to the drivers, mm-hmm. <laughs> things like that. Mm-hmm. But also, Helping them out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and also, you know, you, you, get to a, you get to a place to load or unload, and because of the labor shortages, you're delayed. Well, that goes against your driving time, number one. That hurts the trucker. 
Number two, he's there for four, four hours or yeah. five hours and they won't let him use the bathroom mm-hmm. and he can't get out of line and he can't go get things to eat. And, and it's so the whole lifestyle thing is an issue for the guys that own their trucks. Fuel prices are up a mm-hmm. dollar a gallon mm-hmm. on a hundred thousand mile truck, which is pretty typical at a dollar more a gallon. That's twenty thousand dollars in expenses a year which again is a a pressure on inflation so all those costs are getting passed on it's it's so difficult it's so challenging that they start thinking maybe i should just stay home and i don't want to do this anymore it's a problem so what we try to do is give our drivers a a lot of respect Hmm. a lot of flexibility give them the tools that they need to do their job Help them out any way that we can. They have 24-7 access to our building. They have showers. They have vending. They have a, whatever they We have mm-hmm. a pickup for them to drive. Whatever we can do to make their life better. Because like Brad said, it's less about going out and getting more. Mm-hmm. It's about keeping what you got. Yep. Yep. I think that that is the key. I uh, Someone mentioned the other day to me that the... Businesses that are surviving and thriving are the ones, and I hate to use this word, but it's true, have pivoted. They're the ones that see this and have decided they need to change the way it's always been done and make it better for their employees and their staff because that's what's going to hold on to them. And so it's just a a lesson for all the other businesses out there that you can't just keep doing things the way they've always been done. You you can't, you're not going to keep good people that way. I did want to ask, I heard yesterday someone say, where are all these people that aren't working going? So if truck drivers are deciding they don't want to be truck drivers anymore and they're going to go home, are they refocusing on something different? Or someone said the other day that people are more focused on education and maybe changing completely where their path has been in their careers. Do you see that happening in your industries? What? Where are these people going that have decided yeah. they don't want to be in these situations anymore? Absolutely. So look at, I have, I have a situation that I had an employee, wasn't a truck driver, but he was a qualified individual that worked in our operations department. And his wife in the medical field mm-hmm. had the opportunity to become a traveling nurse. She could make twice the income, twice mm-hmm. of what he and she were making combined before yeah so he loved his job he liked what he did he he's not sure if he'll even come back into it but he's a stay-at-home dad now yeah and she's out making the big bucks and i think that's an example of what's going on around our country and here locally because people have options because again the opportunities are greater because of the labor shortages Mm -hmm. yep you can go you know if, if a person's not happy working for brad there's a lot of other places in the industry they can go. Obviously, that's why he's working on retention. Yeah. And I think we, that's what we all have to do is figure out how we can do the best for our, for our people so they, they don't leave. And, and to expand on that, I think that they are looking at other options and education, but there's something inherent about a truck driver. They, they're like the old cowboy. They, they like mm-hmm. to ride. They, yeah. They like that independence. Mm-hmm. They like to be out there doing their own thing and not having somebody looking over their shoulder all the mm-hmm. time. So I think 
you know, uh, if we can get past some of the regulatory environment stuff, you can't be an inter or interstate truck driver unless you're 21 years old. Yeah. You can go from Kalispell to Ashton, Montana at 18 mm-hmm. in the state of Montana, but you can't go from Ashland, Montana to Sheridan, Wyoming because right. it's across yeah. the state line. Yeah. And we got to change that. Mm-hmm. That's a federal thing. Yeah. We can take some of those regulatory things away and make it easier for, for drivers to get into the, into the force before they get out mm-hmm. and, and do something else. Mm-hmm. That's, that's best. Yeah. Now the average, let's see, the, like the median age of a truck driver today is 45. The median age of an employee across the U.S. is 42. Mm-hmm. So we already yeah. got a little bit of a problem with yeah. that. But by 21, you might already have a career path. Mm-hmm. We want to grab them at 18 and 19. Do you find there's a lot of truck drivers retiring? Are we losing a lot of the people that are in the labor force because they're just, Absolutely. Oh, this is too much, I just want to be done? It, it, it is. It's, you know, it's all the things that I said before, how they're treated, the regulatory mm-hmm. environment, all yeah. of that. And it's exhausting. Yeah. They're just saying, you know, I really don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. And, and I'm going to get out. So we have to make it attractive for them yeah. and give them a reason to get in it. And I will tell you, through the pandemic, though, truckers were treated pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. There were people with signs and there mm-hmm. were, you know, people yeah. at the rest areas with food and coffee for truckers, you know, because they appreciate what they were doing. A couple of questions for you, Brad. What's your main demographic for those people that work in those front lines? Like I would, I, my assumption would be those would be college students or... I don't, I, I guess I just don't know what that demographic is and, and well, trying to figure out why yeah. they wouldn't want to, why you, why you're having a hard time finding that frontline staff. Maybe you have a guess. Have you ever heard of the debit card? Yes. Yeah. Well, that, that's kind of where the college kids gone. Um, many of them are not working anymore. Um, oh, okay. As many of us went to college, we all worked our way through school yeah. and that's changed. So oh, okay. we don't get the surge of college kids mm. like we used to. So a large pool kind of dried up overnight mm-hmm. and maybe through COVID, but that's been a constant change. Mm-hmm. And we've always been able to accommodate getting through that, uh, but not so much anymore. Oh, okay. I mean, and, you know, listening to Mike, of course, he's speaking more to the career driven em- employee. Right. Yeah. Our industry is not mm-hmm. built on careers. Yeah. We're 80% of just people that are going from point A to point B and we're mm-hmm. a stop off. Yeah. We're a second job or extra income while you're going to school or you want to get on a vacation. So you pick up some hours on the weekend. So we're, we're that flexible industry that's not totally industry driven. So, you know, the other 10, 20% of our industry or a group obviously is career oriented. Mm-hmm. I mean, our GMs make a great yeah. living and we offer benefits and medical and retirement and, and of course to our assistant and to our full time. But most of it, the big benefit of the hospitality industry is flexibility. Yeah. But there's been that large call out there, much more like with Uber which was a great model for mm-hmm. people. And now there's this push to call it a career and a life mm-hmm. defining. And it's really not, that's not how yeah. it was built. And so we're trying to get past that narrative out there that our industry is, well, I've been working there for five years. Well, we, we really want you to find out what you want to do in life and we want to accommodate that. Yeah. And so that's kind of a changing that tagline out there yeah, right now. Yeah, that's cool. My, my second question was, what has been your experience or maybe your staff's experience um, with how they're treated by the public. I know that that's been a big issue lately, just uh, customers being frustrated that things are taking so long. Maybe there's not enough staff to cover all the tables or or, or in any business and that that's been an issue. Like we almost have to remind people, 
hey, they came to work. Be kind. Be compassionate. Are you seeing that? I think, I think I'm, there might have been a pocket of that and there may have been a short window mm-hmm. where I would agree with that. But I think the media and everybody's out there actually done a good job with that. And everybody knows where we're at right now. Yeah. Just like what Mike's talking yeah. about. We all don't expect overnight Amazon anymore. We know it's changed. Mm-hmm. And it's it's actually been okay in the restaurants. Oh, I oh, they, It's almost to the point where like, Thank you for being open. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> so, true. That's true. It's like, we're happy to get our meal. Yes. We'll wait in line. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that coming down the street today. I wonder if Starbucks is open today because on yeah. any given day, mm-hmm. it, they can't get the employees or maybe they got a quarantine going on. And so it's always kind of a guessing game. So we're appreciative yes. that they are, in fact, open. Yes. Our family went to our Buffalo here last night, you know, looking around the room and food comes out. It's not maybe as quick as it used to be, mm-hmm. but- Make sure it's coming out good yeah. and we're okay to wait a little longer. And we also know we're going to pay more for it because we're addressing mm-hmm. yeah. the really one inflation is driving. And then also again, to be able to offer employees a living wage. Yeah. And so those two things come at a price. Mm-hmm. And the I think, I think the general public has accepted it and they understand it. Yeah. And to not only just go out, but also watch sports. Absolutely. Like they're actually playing sporting (laughs) events again. I'm like, I almost go there just so I can watch the football. (laughs) We had football and baseball on last night. It was heaven. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Hey friends, I want to take a quick break to tell you about some exciting events coming up at the chamber. As you can probably guess by now, it will probably take your online orders a little longer to get to you this year, which means there has never been a better time to shop local and the chamber is here to help. Grab a friend and hop on the bus for our shop local tour on December 2nd to get some great stocking stuffer ideas and gifts for your friends. And keep an eye out for Keep the Cheer Here, our week-long event from November 27th until December 4th, where you can win prizes just for shopping at your favorite local businesses. We will put a link to both of these events in the show notes so you have all the details. And now, let's get back to the show. One last question before we wrap up. Mike, can you just explain, maybe uh, the general public may not understand how supply chain works. Could you just explain that really fast just to break it down for people? Sure. So, um, you know, we, we hear the excuse of uh, the truck's late. Uh, we couldn't get a truck. That's just a small, small piece of it. Mm-hmm. And we were speaking earlier and I gave the example of the forestry industry. Mm-hmm. You need someone to go up and cut the tree. That's labor. You need someone to load the trees that were cut onto the logging truck. You need a driver in a truck. That has to be hauled to the mill where it's cut into dimensional lumber. Mm -hmm. And then it's reloaded again and put on another truck and taken to the railhead. And then it's loaded on the rail and it's taken to the distribution point. We have a couple of those in Billings. And then from there, it's put on a truck again Mm -hmm. and taken to the retailer. There's so many different components and they're all very fragile and it's very complex. Mm -hmm. And I think I mentioned earlier that they call it chain because every link is important. And if you have a weakness in the link mm-hmm. or a kink in the link or a break in the link, it's going to come down to the consumer. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a problem. Yeah. So, you know, internationally, we have, I think we import about $2.3 trillion worth of goods and we export about $1.3 trillion. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. quite an imbalance. Mm-hmm. The, all these problems we have are not, you know, just right here. They're around the world. So as their manufacturing is slowed down and they have problems, 
And then they're coming out of the pandemic. They're in a surge to get their stuff out. So all of these cargo ships are coming to the U.S. And now you hear like there's 125 outside of L.A. and Long Beach trying to get unloaded, Mm -hmm. sitting for weeks where it used to be maybe one day. They have to come in and get unloaded. What does that take? It takes labor to get them unloaded Mm -hmm. and it takes warehousing and then you have to ship it out. Our warehousing at our ports, the available warehousing space today is 2.3%. There's no room. So what do you do? You got to get it out. Well, you need trucks, you need rail. And so it's an ongoing problem. Now going into the holidays, we have seasonal demands, right? Yes. And that's going to be, there's going to be an imposition on us because of that. But when we get over that hump, I think you're going to see some relief. Okay. It's going to take a while. Yeah. Well into 22 before we see things changing, probably into 23. We're fully out of it. That's assuming we don't have any more natural disasters or another pandemic extension or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But we're going to be okay. Yeah. We will be okay. We have to be patient. (laughs) We have to be informed. Mm -hmm. And we have to manage what we're doing. The dollar you have today is not what it was worth last year. Mm-hmm. You need a dollar five to do what you were doing yep. for a buck. So, so true. We have to understand inflation. We have to understand it's going to, you know, I run my car, you know, 10,000 miles a year. I'm going to need $500 more to buy gasoline. Where do I get it? So you have to think about that in, in, in budgeting your personal life and, um, and, and how you're going to get your Christmas stuff now. Instead mm-hmm. of later, because yeah. you better. Yeah. Because of the shortages. I just want to say, we're going to be okay. Be patient. Be kind. Tip Brad's servers. <laughs> you know? I, I would agree with what Mike says. I mean, for, I, I think the question people are constantly asking is, is this going to get better? And what's it going to look like? Mm-hmm. And so I can give you some inside baseball in, in our company. First of all, yes, the industry will fix itself. I agree. But that comes with one percent. The government has to get out of the way. I think, you know, the money in the industry was a tremendous help, you know, flooding that, but also mm-hmm. caused a lot of problems. Yeah. A lot of self-reflection came with the quarantine. But coming out of it, I, I believe it will because we're the greatest nation in the world and uh, we are very resilient and we will come out of this. But we just got to let the industry fix itself. Mm-hmm. But it will take time. I mean, even in our company, typically we'd employ about 475 employees. Uh, we're sitting now at about 320. Mm-hmm. So we're about 75%. And I would say that's a pretty typical number you might hear around. Right. Uh, the, and then if you look on, on hiring, we've hired uh, 320 people year to date. And so if you look at that, that's about 32 average a month. Mm-hmm. So this month we've hired 46. So that's a 50% uptick in trend. So we see... We've seen here really in about the last two weeks, a loosening in the market. We're actually seeing people coming back to work. Yeah. Where are they coming from? We don't know. Yeah. Are we yeah. beating our competitor and mm-hmm. getting them from them? Or are they people that are finally going back to the workforce? Because mm-hmm. when you say the unemployment numbers, there's just many people that are just not being tracked in that yeah. number. They're just right. simply right. not working. Right. Yep. We believe there's still a hidden number there. And mm-hmm. we're trying to find a way to get that number growing right. beyond yeah. the unemployment. We've been at this unemployment number before. Yeah. yeah. But we never face the crisis that we're yeah. having right now. And maybe those people are moving in from elsewhere, too, for Montana. We have a lot of people moving from out of state. There's a large influx. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. We just don't know what that person exactly. is. Are they actually yeah. working the economy mm-hmm. or are they just bringing outside dollars and yeah. just 
you know, are they hilltoppers, lone eagles? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's it's labor participation rate. And I think in the U.S. today, we're at about 61.5%. And we need to be at 67% to fill all of the jobs that are available. I think at the beginning of September, there was 11 million jobs available. Mm, But why are they not taking them? Well, it's wage, it's kids, it's all kinds of things like that. So we need to get that labor participation rate back up. As Brad said, there's, there's people that aren't on the charts and we need, we need to get that addressed. Can I just add one more thing Absolutely. About, yep. about government? The Biden administration, and to try to help solve the problem at the ports, they have mandated a 24-7 being open, okay? Oh, okay. So that's, I think that's great. It's going in the right direction. But to give you this example... If you only have 9,000 employees and you're running two shifts, that's 4,500 per shift. Mm-hmm. If you add another shift, it's 3,000, 3,000, mm-hmm. 3,000. I don't know that that's really going to solve the problem. I think it's going to keep the flow going. Mm-hmm. The problem is the throughput is going to end up someplace right. else, mm-hmm. the warehouse mm-hmm. or the trucker. Yep. Or, so it's One of still, those other links. It's going to push it down onto another link, but I think it's great that they're making an effort to do something mm-hmm. yeah, and it's something that we, we desperately need. So just wanted to say that about I it. just really appreciate both of your positive outlooks. I think that it's needed in our uh, society right now. Everybody's looking at the negative side of things. So it's just refreshing to hear from both of you say, it's going to be fine. We're going to be fine. <laughs> and then also just the bits and pieces of advice that you have offered. So I guess to close, I would just say, can you quickly reiterate what those those advice pieces were that you shared just to end the podcast? Well, my my thing is is to be patient mm-hmm. and you know, be kind to your fellow man. Mm-hmm. We need that so desperately right now. There's so much anger. Y- you know, you need to measure, you need to manage, mm-hmm. you need to budget, and you need to think ahead because if you don't, you're going to get a surprise and you're not going to like it. <laughs> yeah. But there's only certain things we can control. So focus on the things that you can control, your own pocketbook, where you go, what you do. Okay. Brad? Yes, obviously it's gone from uh, hiring. And so what our industry has done or Buffalo Wild Wings has done is that we've shifted our marketing dollars. We used to spend our money trying to get people in our restaurants. Mm -hmm. Now we're going, holy smokes, what if they show up? And so so now by taking those dollars and using it really for hiring. And mm-hmm. so I would advise a lot of people out there, look at your marketing budget mm-hmm. and consider shifting that over to recruitment. That's smart. And then once you get them recruited, then retain them. Mm-hmm. And so that's our big emphasis right now is recruitment and retention. Mm-hmm. And stop really worrying about driving restaurants with, with sales. The, the numbers are there. We've choked back many of our restaurants with takeout and mm-hmm. take home delivery the Uber. When I mean by choke back is shutting them off. Yeah. Because our people cannot control it. And the other thing I've noticed around a lot of the restaurants, and there's a few around the state that literally have on their door closed indefinitely. And I'm talking about large yeah. capacity, 300 seat restaurants. And I, I I can't tell people what to do, but I would, I would emphasize, keep your restaurant down to the level that your staff can handle it. Don't push your staff and feel desperate that you need to be running your normal operating hours. Yeah. You know, close early, don't do lunch, open yeah. later. Um, and let your staff not get burnt out because you do that, then you're, you're threatened with a walkout. Right. And, and we need to take care of the people that we have and not worry about the public because the public understands. Such great advice from both of you. Thank you so much. Our listeners will really appreciate it. 
We always end our podcast what what we call the Rorschach questions, and I did not prep you on these questions. So they're just a way for our listeners to get to know you a little bit personally. So I'm going to ask you three questions, and we'll start with Mike each time. What is the best road trip you've ever taken? Wow. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that this summer, I actually did an in-state trip to Butte one day, kind of an impromptu mm-hmm. thing. And it was probably the greatest day of my summer. Oh, really? It, and and mm-hmm. sightseeing and went to an old bar in Anaconda. Mm-hmm. And I was telling my mom about it a week later. And she said, well, your uncle used to own that bar in the 50s. <laughs> it was course. just cool, you know? Yeah, that's cool. What about you, Brad? Um, I think a family. Um, all our family still works for us. And so it's very important to our culture within our, our group. And I... I guess my wife and I always reminds me is we were in a motorhome and went out to Seattle and took the whole family oh, and did, did the Griswold and went to baseball mm-hmm. games and <laughs> sat in KOA. And it's, it's just a great bonding time. And I think of all the trips and we talk about going to Caribbean and mm-hmm. Hawaii and all that. Sometimes it's the simple ones that are fun. Yeah, so true. Okay, second question. What is the best thing that's happened in your organization recently? I would say the probably the the coolest thing is when you have an employee that worked for you years ago call you up and say, you know, I've been around the block and I just want to come back. Mm. And have that person bring their talent and skill and passion mm-hmm. back to the organization. You know, I think that's huge. And it kind of goes hand in hand with what has enabled us to get through this pandemic, mm-hmm. that team spirit, you know, to, quite simply, that's probably it. Brad? That's a tough one. I, I, w- I would say overall, it's, we, we have a leadership team. There's eight of us. And I would say just in the recent month, they've just really come to band together much stronger because mm-hmm. we've, we're encouraged with where the industry is going and we're starting to feel positive again about it instead yeah. of beating up. And, you know, when you try and just go day to day and say, where are you going to be tomorrow? And we just didn't know. Hmm. It, I, I think it's just awesome that we're finally seeing and ending to this and solutions coming and people reacting and our group coming together and feeling happy instead of dreading Monday. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. Love it. Okay, last question. You guys have the inside scoop. What is that one thing that you maybe have already purchased or will purchase right away? Because you know there's going to be a supply chain issue. <laughs> what is it? What's the one thing? Probably my new guitar. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, I thought maybe you'd say turkey. Everyone's freaking out. They're not going to get a turkey for Thanksgiving. You know what? Uh, it, 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 the holidays like Thanksgiving, turkey's great. Yeah. You know, all the dressing. Yeah, and the yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's really not about food. That's true. It's, it's about true. who you're with. Yeah. All right, Brad, what about you? What's that one thing you're going to make sure you order soon? Well, we already did. Oh, um, there you go. Our granddaughter had her second birthday this weekend, and we got her JJ. Oh, okay. Any, anybody know who JJ is? Yes, yes, yeah. Coco. Yep. yep. <laughs> Forgive me for the rest of it, but it's it's a it's a it's a doll, whatever. And yep. it's, it's the new Barney, right? Yep. Totally. And so they're able to get one of those, and so yeah, it's That's it's awesome. going to be a war going into the holidays. You know? yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for being here today. We so appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you so much to both Brad and Mike for joining us today. And as always, thank you to Jack Genoway for producing. Tune in two weeks from now when we will be doing a small business spotlight with one of our members. And if you would like to advertise with us, suggest a topic, or even ask a question, please feel free to email us at podcast at billingschamber.com. And don't forget to subscribe to Chambercast wherever you get your podcasts because there's something here for everyone.